0: Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org.
1: My name is Chad Schoenfeldt with Schoenfeldt Livestock in Fort Stockton, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
3: Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, several farm groups are giving the one-year farm bill extension the thumbs up Plus, the condition of the Texas wheat crop is mixed with some good-looking wheat out there and some not-so-good-looking wheat. We'll have more on those stories coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
4: The method of prescribed burning known as patch burning is not only a good way to help reduce the threat of wildfire, it can also create better quality grass for cattle. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today
5: an international food trading company is working with texas meat processors to export beef overseas i'm tom nicoletti and i will have that story straight ahead on texas ag today
0: the u.s ag trade deficit in august reached a record level thanks to a strong u.s dollar i'm gary joyner and i'll have details on texas ag today
3: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We now have a one-year extension of the current Farm Bill, giving lawmakers 12 more months to come up with a new Farm Bill. Ethan Lane, Vice President of Public Policy with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, says the one-year extension is very important. It is. And it's sort of what we have understood needed to and was going to happen. But seeing it included in this laddered CR that was passed out of the House of Representatives this week is an important step in the right direction. It gives everybody that breathing room we've been talking about to get clear of some of the kind of political follies we're seeing on Capitol Hill right now. Lane says it's very difficult to pass bills in Washington, D.C. that contain a lot of spending. It's really difficult to move a trillion dollar farm and, and nutrition package in this environment. And then this is going to give them a little more space to get their worked on a little more space for the committees to negotiate and just a, probably a better window to work on this finished product. In CBA's Ethan Lane. The condition of the Texas wheat crop is looking okay so far this year, but we still have a large amount of the crop in that poor to very poor ratings category. USDA's brand Rippey says nationwide 17 percent of the wheat crop is rated poor to very poor, but it's a bit higher than that here in Texas.
0: Also coming in this week above that national number is Texas, 20 percent, very poor to poor this week, even though they've had some rain in Texas recently, still dealing with some areas of drought, especially in key northern and western production areas.
3: Unfortunately, the Texas cotton crop ratings aren't nearly as good as wheat. We only have 10 percent of the cotton crop rated good to excellent, 24 percent rated fair and two thirds of the cotton, 66 percent rated poor to very poor. The cattle market has been under a lot of pressure over the last month, but feeder cattle sales seem to be holding strong. Corbett Wall is with DV Auction out of Amarillo. It's
6: a strong market. Last couple of weeks and pretty much ever since the board collapsed following that cattle and feed report, we haven't seen a lot of receipts because you know they were ready to cash in on this big market and they decided not to send their calves to town nobody wants to sell on a a fresh down market plus it was wet so much of the southern plains especially in Oklahoma where we really track that kind of stuff. We're in the calf run which is a time when we normally see a lot of them but the calf crop itself is not as big so uh, we're we're being able to handle them. Uh, Normally this time of year everybody Short of of cattle trucks to haul those cattle off, and they can't leave them sitting in those cells. But nobody is squawking about not being able to find trucks, and that just gives you an idea that's that's how much fewer calves we have.
3: That's Corbett Wall with DV Auction out of Amarillo. Patch burning can reduce the threat of wildfire, and James Hunt tells us it can also increase grass quality for cattle.
4: In our previous report, we talked about a method of prescribed burning that is called patch burning. Essentially, patch burning involves dividing a pasture into units and then burning the pasture one unit at a time. Patch burning's objective is to help reduce the threat of wildfire, but allowing cattle to graze on the new grass that grows in the most recently burned area can provide the animals with better quality forage. Oklahoma State University range specialist Laura Goodman explains. Our
7: grasses, they're only providing a really high quality forage for a fairly short window during the summer, so usually April, May-ish through end of June and then by July a lot of times they've really started to drop off they start to put on their seed heads that's when their quality really drops So when we use prescribed fire, we can bump that up and the prescribed fire with the continued grazing keeps those plants vegetative longer. And so it's the same plant regrowing after the fire, but it's high quality because it doesn't have all of this stem. So the crude protein that we're getting in the end of October is 11 percent crude protein, which is really, really high. That's with an August burn. But you can get a bump earlier in the spring with a fire. You know, our grasses will not really start growing until May sometimes. And so if you burn, you get this black soil that heats up more quickly. It kind of gets the microorganisms active in the soil. And so that helps those plants to start growing earlier in the spring. And so that helps these plants ultimately.
4: At this week's Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show, Dr. Laura Goodman will give a presentation on patch burning during an AgriLife program on grassland management at 1.30 Wednesday afternoon in the Civic Center's Grand Plaza Room. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
3: An international food trading company is working with Texas meat processing facilities. Tom Nicoletti has the story.
5: My guest today is Robert Preska. He is with Lamex Foods, based in Minneapolis. And uh, Robert, you are uh, a long distance away from Texas, but yet your company works with uh, Texas uh, meat processing uh, facilities. Uh, Tell us uh, what you folks do and who you work with in Texas.
8: We buy beef from seven different plants in Texas, located in Amarillo, Dumas, Cactus, Corpus Christi, Booker, Hereford, and San Angelo. And then we take the product, truck it over to the port of Houston, where it's taken out of the truck and put on an ocean container. And then we export it to various countries. A lot of it ends up in Asia, Japan, China, Korea. The Philippines are big markets for us. We also truck quite a bit to the Mexican border, to Laredo and El Paso. How did you hook up with all of these Texas companies to begin with? Where I live in Minnesota, we do have some beef producers, but there are a lot of beef producers in Texas. They have some competitive advantages. For one, the inland freight. It's a lot cheaper to move something from Corpus Christi to Houston than it is from Minneapolis. But also, Texas is a very big beef producer, and there's availability of more products in Texas than there is in Minnesota. So this is a cold storage, frozen beef that you uh, ship to Uh, other countries? Probably 90% of it is frozen and about 10% is vacuum-packed and chilled. How long has your company been doing this and working with these Texas processing facilities? Our company opened in 1986 and we started working with Texas Packers in 1986 as well.
5: That is Robert Preska with Lamex Foods out of Minnesota. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
3: The U.S. ag trade deficit reached a record recently. Gary Joyner has more.
0: New monthly trade data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture shows a record monthly trade deficit for agriculture. In August, the U.S. had $12.5 billion in ag exports, but it had more than $16 billion in ag imports. The result is an ag trade deficit of over $3.6 billion in a single month. It is the largest monthly trade deficit we've had in U.S. agricultural trade. Economists say the strong U.S. dollar is behind the deficit. Efforts to combat inflation in the last year and a half with strong interest rates is leading to a strong U.S. dollar. And that strong U.S. dollar makes imports relatively less expensive and agricultural export values lower. In fact, overall U.S. ag export value is down by about 9%. The vast majority of the decrease is in major bulk products. Import figures for fresh and frozen vegetables are up more than 15% this year compared to last year. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today.
9: Mule deer season in the Trans-Pecos opens soon, and if you plan to hunt mule deer this year, be sure to check your outdoor annual first. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll discuss why coming up on Texas Ag Today.
3: And Mycoplasma bovis was not an issue in the dairy industry 20 years ago, but it is now. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park and Coaches Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org.
10: Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years.
2: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture
3: on Texas Ag Today. Infectious disease caused by Mycoplasma bovis was not an issue in the dairy industry a couple of decades ago. But Dr. Bob Judd says that's not the case today.
1: The organism is widely distributed in feedlot cattle as most calves encounter the bacteria prior to weaning, but certainly will be exposed in the feedlot and it only requires a few organisms in the nasal cavity to lead to disease. In the dairy, the organism causes mastitis, arthritis, and bovine respiratory disease, or BRD. Dr. Smith believes that up to 70% of dairies have mycoplasma contributing to respiratory disease. Mycoplasma is a small, simple organism that does not have a cell wall, making many antibiotics ineffective, including penicillin and cephalosporins. It is also not sensitive to sulfonamides and trimethoprin as mycoplasma does not need folic acid for growth. Some vaccines even target the cell wall and are ineffective with mycoplasma, and the organism is hard to culture in the lab so it could be missed. So it's common for a producer to treat animals for pneumonia and not get a good response from their normal antibiotic program when mycoplasma is involved. Transmission is typically through the milk and by nose-to-nose contact. But some believe there can also be chronic carriers in the herds. The chronic carrier cows can transmit the organism to their calves, and these calves can spread it to other calves. There are some antibiotics approved for treatment of Mycoplasma bovis, including macrolides, oxytetracyclines, quinolones, and florfenicol. There is also a new modified live vaccine that can be used in calves one week of age and older, and he indicates the vaccine has been successful. Dr. Smith also recommends pasteurizing milk and limiting stressors, such as transportation and co-mingling. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Mule deer season in the Trans-Pecos region opens soon.
3: Jessica Dommel says you should be sure to check your outdoor annual before you hunt.
9: If you plan on hunting mule deer this year, be sure to check the outdoor annual before you head out. Mule deer are one of the species that hunters are required to have tested within 48 hours of harvest if the deer is taken in a chronic wasting disease surveillance or containment zone. Sean Gray, Mule Deer and Pronghorn Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more.
6: We have actually two zones in the Panhandle and one zone in the Trans-Pecos. So if you're hunting in the Northwest Panhandle or around Lubbock or kind of Van Horn West, you harvest a mule deer, you have 48 hours to come to one of our check stations to get tested. And some of these areas as well, we train like landowners and taxidermists and whatnot to help us collect those samples to make it easier on hunters as well. So that information is in our outdoor annual. So if you're hunting in these areas, be sure and double check the outdoor annual paper or on your phone.
9: In the Panhandle, there are CWD check stations in Dalhart and Vega. In the Trans-Pecos, Gray says there are three check stations.
6: There's one in Van Horn, one closer to El Paso, and then one on uh, further east on 62180, closer to Guadalupe Mountains National Park.
9: The address and hours of operation of each of the check stations are listed in the Outdoor Annual and on OutdoorAnnual.com. In order to take a CWD-susceptible species, like mule deer or whitetail deer, out of a CWD zone, hunters must quarter the animal and remove the head from the carcass, two to three vertebrae below the head. Additional details are available in the Outdoor Annual. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
3: It is time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org.
3: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Monday was not a pretty day in the cattle futures market once again. In fact, we saw sell-off continuing that started back on Friday. We had a sharp drop on Friday in that somewhat light holiday session but then we came into the regular trading week on Monday, and it just continued. Both live and feeder cattle losing big ground. December live cattle dropped $1. $1.47, $168.77, February down $2.15, 15 With April live cattle down $2.62 and 67 Now, the feeder cattle got hammered really hard. January feeders dropped $6.52, closing at two twelve eighty. dollars March feeder's down 642 to 1630 with April feeder cattle down 645 at 22022. Cash fed cattle all quiet on a Monday. However, we wrapped up last week selling cattle here in the Southern Plains, 176 to 177, that's 1 to 2 bucks lower compared to the previous week. Box beef on Monday, choice 29838. While Select was up 3.33 at 272.09. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble, Riley Rhodes, my
10: guest in the auction alley today. They sold cattle in Three Rivers Monday. Riley, tell these folks about it.
11: Well, I went good, Larry. I uh, ended up with one thousand nine hundred and seventy nine here today, so uh, got pretty close to what we were expecting. Um, cow market was about steady. Uh, the rail rail prices were about like it were last week. Um, cow calf pairs, we kind of still splitting those out. They brought from a thousand up to sixteen and a quarter. Bread cows, not just a whole lot of uh, quality there today, but kind of some middle age, bringing nine hundred up to fourteen hundred. Uh, packer cows, high yielding in ninety six to dollar four. Your breakers, ninety to ninety eight. Your canners, fifty four to seventy six. High yield in Packer Bulls, 112 to 118. Low to medium yield of 92 to $1.12. Uh The pretty good push on the lightweight cattle uh, today versus last week, 274 to 310 on your two three-weight choice steers, 252 to 286 on your heifers. Uh, three to four weight choice steers two seventy two to three o four heifer mates two thirty two to two seventy eight four to five weight choice steers two fifty six to two ninety two heifer mates two twenty four to two sixty eight five to six weight choice steers two thirty four to two seventy four the heifer mates two eighteen to two forty four and I thought the bigger cattle uh, today sold steady to maybe a little bit cheaper in spots especially on some of the bull yearlings uh, six to seven weight choice steers two twenty to two forty four heifer mates one ninety two to 212. 7 to eight weight choice steers two o four to two twenty eight and heifers one eighty eight 204. So, uh, pleased with it. Um, you know, we, we had a couple extra orders in the house today because, uh, some, you know, the everybody's kind of a short week for everybody. and uh, So, uh, it turned out good, though. Good. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. 361-786-2553 five, five, is the office. 361-813-6650 one, one, six, six, is the cell. com is the web, and we will be open next Monday as well, and I uh, want to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving.
10: Thank you, Riley, for being on Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. And neighbor, thank you for listening right this second on Texas Ag Today.
3: Back over to the futures market where lean hogs finished mix. The nearby December was up 30 cents, closing at 67.87. February hogs dropped one85 $85.6692. Class 3 milk steady to higher. December milk up 8 cents, 16.43 100 weight, with January milk unchanged, 16.44. The cotton market saw triple-digit losses on Monday. We're now into the delivery period on the nearby December contract. We've tendered a total of 758 contracts. We also saw some weak outside markets, and that put pressure on cotton prices as well. December cotton dropped 180 points, closing at 78.59. March cotton down 173, 79.26, with May down 182 points, 79.87. Corn market continues to drop lower, third consecutive day of lower prices. In fact, we're setting a new contract low on the nearby contract. It's just that 15.2 billion bushel corn crop. That's an all time U.S. record. It's coming in right now, and it continues to weigh heavily on the corn market. December corn drops seven and three quarters, 455 and a half. March corn down seven and a quarter, 475 and a quarter. Wheat market finishing lower. Double-digit losses in both hard and soft wheat. Not really a whole lot of fundamental news out there to drive the market lower. Of course, we do have the ongoing Russia-Ukraine war. We had recent news here in the last couple of weeks that Russia attacked another Ukrainian port. And other than that, just not a whole lot of interest in U.S. wheat on the world market right now. December, Kansas City wheat dropped below $6 today. It was down 12 cents, closing at five ninety a bushel. December Chicago wheat down fourteen and a half five thirty four and a quarter. In the energy markets, December natural gas down six cents at two hundred seventy eight. January West Texas crude down fifty two cents seventy five zero two a barrel. The financial markets were slightly lower Monday afternoon, the Dow down fifty six points thirty five thousand three hundred thirty three, the NASDAQ down nine at fourteen thousand two hundred forty one, and the SP down eight. 4550. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture.
2: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify.